you would say that the first three and the others that he sent, we would correlate them to prophets that were sent to uh, speak to the people for God. And, and what happened to all the Old Testament prophets? They were killed. Well, what happened to all the apostles, the disciples? They were killed. All but John. And thank God he was exiled to Patmos. They would have got him too. So he says, now I'm going to send who? My son. My son, representative of who? Jesus Christ. So they look, I, I like that last part of verse 37. He says, and they will reverence him. In the King James it says, and they will reverence him. Verse 38 starts off with what word? But. <laughs> and what do we know about the word but? Cancels out everything. Cancels out everything previously said. So, but when the husbandmen saw the son, they said among themselves, this is the heir. Let us do what? Kill, Kill him, him too. And seize his inheritance. Now, this thing about seizing the inheritance, it really, it, it really led my mind back uh, to Nimrod. To what, to what we know historically about Nimrod. Not to what our 66 Protestant Bible says. Our 66 book Protestant Bible says, Nimrod was a man of renown, a mighty hunter, a mighty warrior, who stood before the Lord. Now with just those words as a description, honestly, you would come out thinking Nimrod was a good guy. But when you read uh, certain other historical commentaries, uh, apocryphal writings, you'll find out that Nimrod built that tower to heaven to try to dethrone God. And that's why that's why this came to my mind because they tried to take the son's inheritance. Nimrod then went to heaven and tried to take over heaven. Watch this now. You can always spot out the devils in the crowd because they're going to always try to do what? To exude their authority be lurking in the they background. They're try to usurp their authority over God. Yeah. Now, those of us that's Christians, listen to the killer. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's everybody. Everybody sinned. All humans are fallible. Hallelujah. All humans have some uh, negative quality that's leading them to do something that God does not like. Now that's the difference between Proverbs 6.16 where there's six things that God hates. hates and seven of them are what? Lying. An abomination. Amen? Amen? So trying to just couple all this with this uh, parable <coughs> bring it up to our times in 2022 it's easy to spot out the devil, y'all, because that's the ones who don't want to hear what God got to say. Now watch this. What's the two ways you hear what God got to say? There ain't the two ways you hear what God got to say. The word and the preachers. Remember the Ethiopian eunuch? Now, he was definitely sitting in his chariot reading the word. But when the disciple, when the apostle walked up to him and says, do you understand what you're reading? What did he say? No. How can I when I what? I don't have a teacher. I don't have a teacher. So the only way you're going to know about God on this earth 
is you're going to get it from his word or you're going to get it from a certified, bona fide preacher. Amen. Pastor, bishop, elder, deacon. Amen. And some good teachers, as Ephesians 4 says, uh, he left us some to be apostles, uh, some evangelists, some prophets, some pastors, and some what? Actually, don't say in some what it says, comma. And I've always uh, thought that what he was really trying to say is whether you're an apostle, an evangelist, a prophet, or a pastor, comma, you should be able to do what? Teach. Teach. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Because watch this. Although these are titles and positions, we all should still be able to teach. Amen. Because having the, listen to me carefully. Having the title and the position, Amen. presume, presumably, you know the word. Amen. All right, now, listen to me now. Teaching the word implies that you can live the word. Live the word. That's what that implies. But it only implies it because you knowing the word doesn't guarantee that you know how to live the word. It only implies it. And it's what people hold on to. See, people feel like if you up here teaching the word, you should know how to live the word. Amen. Amen. But that's not all. That's not always the case. And and to be honest, I think that's true for all of us, seeing as that all of us are fallible. So although I might be a good teacher or preacher of the word, there's still some areas in my life to where I'm flawed. Amen. But for the most part. I should be trying my best to live what I'm teaching. Amen. Amen. Although amen. I'm flesh, amen, I'm human. Amen. But I still, James said it this way. Let, let, let's go look at what James said. We're <coughs> James chapter what? Two, three. <coughs> James chapter three. Let's start right at verse one. In James chapter 3. Somebody start reading that from Amen. 
That's, to me, that's one of the worst things in the world is to just see somebody who always trying to teach the word, but they don't want to. They don't want to live none of it. Amen. All right. Uh, so let's start back at, at uh, verse forty-one. Any questions or comments before we move on about all that husbandman in the field and the owner of the field and all that? Any any questions before we move on? <coughs> Somebody start reading that verse forty-one for me. They said to him, He will destroy those wicked men miserably, and will lease and will lease his vineyard to the other vine dressers, who will render to him the fruit in their season. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in Scripture? These stones which the builders rejected have become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken from you and give it to a nation bearing the fruit of it. And whoever falls in this stone will be broken, but on whomever it falls, it will grind him to power. Now, when the, chief, when the chief priests and Pharisees heard his parable, they perceived that he was speaking to them. But when they saw to their hands on him, they feared the multitude, because they took him for a prophet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, and watch this, the congregation got offended. <laughs> because Jesus called them out, the congregation got offended. Yeah. And if they got so offended, it says that they sought to lay hands on him. It wasn't to anoint him, y'all. That ain't the kind of laying hands they talk about. They talk about laying hands like they talk about today at 22. I'm about to put these hands on you. See, they, it was several times where they wanted to actually take Jesus and kill him right on the spot. It was several times. One says he was in the middle of the crowd, and when the crowd got reared up and fired up, that he escaped right out of the crowd. Now, he in the midst of the crowd. Now, how did he get out of that? Because he's 100% flesh. And he's 100% spirit. He's 100% divine. He's 100% human. Yeah. Mean the same thing you just said. He's 100%, and he was God, I, I would say at that point, Jesus obviously had to translate himself out of that. <laughs> kind of like, uh, like them, uh, them animals change, they colors to... Yeah, to fit in. Uh, uh, what yeah. you call that when an animal uh, know how to camouflage itself? Chameleon. 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 Yeah, yeah, blended right in and, and escaped through the crowd. Why? Because you're dealing with vicious people who will kill you right on the spot. I don't have my glasses with me because I want to see your face when I make this statement. Let me let me grab my uh, spare glasses that I keep here just in case. <laughs> if you if you teaching God word right and you acting like Christ, they gonna want to kill you. And see the fear of a lot of Christians. And see deep down inside you know that. Deep down inside you know that. That's why you won't need to tone it down as your pastor. Oh, pastor, why you had to say it like that? Because I ain't scared. It's the truth. I ain't lying. See, let me tell you something. People can call Pastor Chapman loud, arrogant, uh, obnoxious, uh, uh, rigid, cruel, uh, chauvinistic, misogynistic, all them mystics and isms. You can call me all that, but you can't call me wrong. You can call me all them names and I'll take them, but you can't call me wrong because I got the Bible and we going line upon line, precept upon precept. And I want you to know what God's words say because when you get in front of God, if you've ever been in my presence, whether you're a member of Sabbath rest or not, if you've heard me teach and preach, 
You can't get in front of God and say you don't know. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know. No, you're not going to be able to do that. I'm going to teach you exactly what the word says. If you got a question or something come across that I don't know, I'm going to do what they taught us in the military. I don't know the answer to that right now, so I will find out. And that's how I am. When people ask me a question about scripture, I don't just blow it off and forget it. I go home and I study. And I study to show thyself approved, but that's for the individual congregational member. Those of us that's teachers, we got to study not to only to make sure we approve, we got to study to make sure I'm teaching you right. Amen. That's why we just went to James and read, be careful trying to be a teacher. Watch this. What did we read last week when that mama, when that mama of Zebedee's sons talked about Jesus, when you get in your kingdom, can, can my son sit on your right hand and your left? What did Christ tell her? Not you worthy. don't know what you're asking for. Yeah. You don't know what you're trying to get your sons into, lady. This is dangerous ground. And if preaching and pastoring ain't dangerous, I submit to you, you ain't doing it right. Um, I'm a Christian. I'm trying to be like Jesus. And they ain't trying to kill you? You ain't got to escape from crimes. <laughs> hey man, if, every, if everybody tapping you on your back and inviting you to their church to speak, you probably ain't doing it right. You exciting the crowds. Use an entertainer. Use a motivational speaker. Amen. So realize what it is you get yourself into by wanting to be a spokesperson for God. Mm -hmm. and this ain't about no Academy Award. We ain't trying to win Oscars and Emmys up here. Amen. Let's go into chapter 22. Any questions or anything before we move on? Mm -hmm. Amen. Let's look at verse 44 real quick before we go. He says, And whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken. But whosoever it shall fall, it will grind him to power. Now you, you, you ain't never heard of a preacher tell you that before. Huh? Keep playing with God. Watch, watch and see what happens. Mm -hmm. Listen. Referencing, referencing the church of Laodicea one more time in Revelation 3. Don't be lukewarm with God. Don't, don't, don't try to play this uh, American game with God. You know, I love you when I need you, but when I don't need you, just sit right there. See, we try to act like God is an ornament, like he's an ornament, like he sits on the table for our fancy until we need him. Like he's a genie at the bottom. You know, you keep your little genie bottle put over here, and then when you need something, you rub on the bottle. You know, ain't got time for God, don't want to go to church, don't want to serve God, don't want to pay no tithes, don't want to go feed the hungry, you won't even give money to Salvation Army, no Port City Rescue Mission, you won't give You won't give no help to nobody, won't teach or preach for nothing in the world, but every time something happens in your life, well, I'm praying about it, who are you praying to? Come on, chapter 22, somebody start reading that verse 1 for me. Amen. Once again, <clears throat> spoke to them in parables. The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to call those he had invited to the banquet, but they refused to come. Mm. Again, he sent other servants and said, 
tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fatted cattle have been killed, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went away, one to his field, another to his business. The rest seized his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged, and he sent his troops to destroy those murderers and burn their city. Then he said to his servants, the wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited were not worthy. Stop right there. We, I'm, I'm going to catch back up at verse 9, but let me, let me stop you right there real quick. Because see, we, we read in kind of the same type of uh, story that we just got out of. Once again, and, and verse 2 tells us the whole premise of the story. He says, the kingdom of heaven is what? Like a certain king. And we said that the word like is what? Simile. A simile. And what do similes do? Comparison. That's right. So he, he's making another parallel. Look at in verse 1. He says he spoke to them again in parables. So he's making a parallel. He says the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who made a marriage for his son, king and son. That lets us know uh, who the characters are. It's symbolic what he's saying, but we know who the king is and we know who his son is. All right. And sent forth his servants to call them that were bid to the wedding and they what? They would not come. Amen. Let's go read. Uh, let's go to St. John chapter 1 real quick. Keep your place right here. We're going to go to St. John chapter 1 real quick. See, I, I like to do this to go to these other books to show people the continuity of Scripture because, you know, they got a lot of people that like to say that Scripture uh, contradicts itself. But I like to prove to people that Scripture actually proves itself. Amen. Uh, the Bible says in St. John chapter 1 and verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It said the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was nothing made that was made. In him was life, and the life was uh, the light of men. And the light shined in, in darkness, and the darkness didn't even understand it. He says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came as a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. And says he was not the light, but he was sent to bear witness about the light. Who's the light? Jesus. That was the true light which come and every man coming to the world. Verse 10 says, he was in the world. That's why I came here right here. Just to compare it with what we just read. Verse 10 says, he was in the world. The world was made by him. And the world Did not know him. knew him not. He came unto his own and his own. Not only did they not receive him, they didn't even recognize him. Now, isn't that a trap? The Lord you've been waiting for to come save you, when they come, you don't even realize it and recognize it. Isn't that what's happening? Mm -hmm. Now, watch this. One of the main reasons it's happening, the Bible says, uh, that the, there are those who cannot see 
Why? What does that Second Corinthians? Uh, he says that's those that cannot see because they're being what? Blinded by who? The God of this world. Remember, he has a huge can of spray paint. And he, he spray painted everything gold with glitter on it. And especially in America. One of, the, one of the things about America, I like to use the uh, uh, comparison that America is like Tars of Us. That you would take a seven-year-old boy and lock him in Tars of Us for the night. That's how America is. America is a candy store. You take a seven-year-old and lock them in Tars of Us or a candy store all night long by themselves. They're not going to sit and eat from one pack of candy all night. They're not going to get one toy and play with it all night. What are they going to do? They're going to run around and play with this for a while or eat this for a while. They're going to run this for a while and eat this for a while. They're going to run over here and play with this and eat this for a while. That's how we are as human beings. As, as adult human beings, listen. I'm 59 years old. I've been on earth 21,800 days. And you know what I'm trying to learn how to do right now? Detach myself from gimme, gimme, gimme. I got to have it. I'm trying to detach myself from that mindset right now. Because it's basically when you really read Revelation uh, 17 and 18, what they're really saying is, let, let, let's go there real quick. Let's go there. to read 12 and 13. Let's go go in the first where we at? John, John chapter 1. St. John, St. John 1. Yeah, read 12 and 13, and that goes into verse 9, you know, Matthew. Amen, amen. St. John. God bless you. Thank you. Amen. Let's go to 12, St. John 1 and 12. He says, but as many of them that did receive him, to them he gave the power to become sons of God. Uh, some versions, I, I think some versions, let me check it, it says children of God. And, and, and now, this is the scripture we use, and I'm sure you've been watching Sabbath rest a while. Uh, if you've been watching Sabbath rest for a while, you will hear us say that we try to be children of God and not just creation of God. Because everything is a creation of God. But you only become a child of God when you do verse 12. As many as received them, he gave them the power to become sons or children of God. Amen. So, for those born not of the blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but, but God. But God. So, all of these scriptures, matter of fact, let's go, let's go to Revelation uh, 17, 18. You have to be able to understand the difference because the church is not teaching the people the difference between those of us that sin and those of us that's rebelling. Those are two different animals. Sinning and rebellion is not the same thing. That's why it's not the same word. So now, uh, look at what he says. Uh, let's start at verse 11. Uh, uh, now let's start at verse 9. And Revelation 18.9. Revelation 18.9. Everybody ready? Amen. The Bible says that the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and live, lived uh, luxuriously. There's a lot of words there. Tell me what your Bible says. Luxuriously. 
deliciously is what mine said. Luxuriously. Luxuriously. I don't know what you want to say. Who reading something else? Who what you want to say? Revelation 18, 9. Live how? Luxury. See, this is what I'm saying. I'm trying to connect, I'm trying to cut myself off from that. Because when we living in all this luxury, when we when we got to have it, gimme, give gimme, give gimme. Give let's keep reading. Uh, they live deliciously with her. Shall bewile her and lament for her when they shall see the smoke of her uh, burning. Verse 10. Standing afar off for the fear of her torment, saying, alas, alas, the great city Babylon, the mighty city, for in one hour her judgment is come. Let's read verse 11. And the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her, for no man buyeth their merchandise anymore. You see what I'm saying? Everything in this Babylon system, these people got a system going to where I mean, they own everything. It's, it's a very few people on this earth that own everything. And we steady buying it and sucking it up and buying it and sucking it up and buying it. I'm trying to detach myself from that way of life, that, that lifestyle. Because I'm understanding now that's part of the Babylonian lifestyle. Read, let, let's read verse 12. Let's read verse 12 in Revelation 18. The merchant, the merchandise of gold. Come on, read it with me. The merchandise, merchandise of gold, gold silver, silver, precious, precious stones, pearls, fine linen, purple, silk, and scarlet, every kind of citrus wood, every kind of object of ivory, every kind of object of look at verse 13. Cinnamon, incense, ornament, frankincense, wine, oil, flour, all the dainties that we love. All the things that the culture is now so easily supplied to us that we have raised a generation who don't know how to go get it for themselves if they had to. Why? Because the Babylonian system got us hooked. And notice I'm saying us, because I'm trying to wean myself off of gimme, gimme, gimme. I got to have this. I got to have the best of this. I got to have you. I'm trying to wean myself off of it. Now, is that to say that God don't want us having things? No. Don't, don't put it before him, though. Don't put it before him, and that's what it happened. <clears throat> what has happened in the American culture, and all those cultures that's dealing with the Babylonian mindset, is we have now, uh, we're now doing what Paul said in uh, Romans chapter 1. Paul says they're now serving the created things more than the creator of the things. You, you have to be spirit-led to understand what I'm saying. I'm not asking nobody to be poor and destitute. But that's the reason the room empty right now. We got people, and they're not at work. They're not at work. But if we was having a giveaway, they would be here. If we had some big fancy, big name speaker here, they would be here. If we had a concert going on and and, and Beyonce and Jay-Z and they would, this room would be full. Because we've put God down for all of that stuff Revelation 18 just named. We've raised it above serving him. Amen. Let's go back to chapter 22 of Matthew. 
Yes, ma'am. Uh, pick back up at uh, verse 9 for you. Go therefore to the crossroads and invite to the banquet as many as you can find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered everyone they could find, both people and good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he spotted a man who was not dressed in wedding clothes. Friend, he asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? But the man was speechless. Then the king told the servants, tie him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Mm -hmm. For many are called and few are chosen. Amen. Let me stop you right there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Tell your neighbor you can't sneak in. Amen. Can you speak in, y'all? And you know they got that. Did we or did we not, or do we or do we not have a friend who think that God is going to let everybody into heaven? Now that's a nice gesture, but that ain't what the Bible teaches. Hallelujah. And that's what the church can turn to. The church can turn to those <clears throat> gestures to make people feel good instead of telling them the truth. That if you don't repent, and watch this, repent from sins is one thing. But I'm going to put it this way. If you don't stop that rebellious attitude against God, you're not making it in, bro. You're not making it in, sis. And I'm not speaking on my own. I don't have a heaven and heaven again. I'm trying to work, like, I'm watching this like Paul said, I'm trying to work on my own salvation and fear the church. So, but what I am saying is that rebellious attitude that we've adopted in this culture, Just, I mean, I'd rather tell you the truth so you can get saved than to keep lying to you and keep playing church. I'd rather, I'm going to go ahead and uh, take a chance on, on just telling the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Amen? Amen. Amen. To some people, watch this. Who's more concerned about your soul? The person who pacified you or the one that's going to tell you the cohort truth? Who's more concerned about your, your eternal soul? Because if I'm pacifying you, I'm just worried about you being happy right now. Put on. I heard something, I think it was today, um, if you are afraid to offend, you cannot be honest. There you go. That's a good For one. those on camera, she said she heard recently that if you're afraid to offend, you can't be honest. And that is the truth. That's a true saying. If, you, if all you worry about is offending people, you will never be able to tell them the truth. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Amen, 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 amen. So uh, this first section, he's given us imagery, a word picture about making it into the kingdom. He first started off by saying, the ones who are supposed to come, they don't even want to come. They stiff-necked and arrogant. He's talking about the Jews. Well, he says in verse 9, he starts talking about, okay, verse 8 says, okay, they don't want to come. So verse 9, he says, well, go and invite everybody. That's the new covenant opening up. When Christ came in the new covenant, everybody, uh, the Bible says that all those that are willing, let them come. Amen? Amen. All that are willing, let them come. In other words, don't put no hindrance in front of nobody for coming to Christ. Now, honestly, let, let's just keep it real at this point. It does not matter what lifestyle they have at that point. And accepting Christ, it does not matter what lifestyle you have when you first accept Christ. There's no uh, prerequisites.
for accepting Jesus? Well, I got to quit smoking first. No, you don't. Well, I got to quit going to the club first. No, you don't. Matter of fact, it's only through accepting Christ that you get the Holy Spirit who can help you stop those things. So we, 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 I'm saying that inclusive word, we have to stop finding reasons to disqualify people for coming to Christ. Amen? Amen. And watch this. Let's keep it 100 all the way real. Even once you get saved and you still got some undesirable habits, that don't mean you ain't saved. Amen. Amen. But we should live like we are saved. We should live like we are saved. We should be trying our best to live like Christ. Yeah. That's right. Uh, I, I love what we just read in, in James chapter 3 verse 1. Uh, round of verse 3. He says that if any man can keep his tongue, he can be considered a perfect man. Perfect man. Yeah. So in other words, what is he saying? Watch what you say. That, just that simple right there, D. Watch what you say. <laughs> Watch how you use your mouth. Yes, sir. No. Oh, I thought you had to hand up. Amen. 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 So he opened it up for everybody. Now, you don't have to be from Israel. You, you've never been to Jerusalem in your life. Your mom and daddy ain't Jewish. He opened it up for everybody to come and be saved. Why? Because the Jews got stiff naked Mary. And not that he was doing it as a, a reaction. It was always part of the plan. Let, let, watch this. Let's take this opportunity to go read Romans chapter 11. Let's take this opportunity right here to go read Romans chapter 11. Amen. They got so much in this book that's trying to teach us. Sometimes we shun it. Amen. 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 Gentile, 
how much more their fullness. In other words, the Jews was broken off on purpose so that the Gentiles may come in. But he's really encouraging the Jews. He says, listen, if you break it, if you being broken off, bless the world, guess what you're coming back together going to do for the world? Verse 13, for I speak to you Gentiles in as much as I am the apostle of the Gentiles. You see Paul telling us here, he was specifically called to be the apostles to the Gentiles, not the Jews. I magnify my office. Verse 14, if by any means I may provoke to emulation, what does that mean? Emulation. Jealousy. Them which are my flesh and might save some. Verse 15, for if the casting away of them be the reconciling of the world, what shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? See, he, he, he reiterated what he already said. If Israel going through trouble blesses the world, guess how much more blessed the world going to be when Israel come back together and start acting right? Amen. Amen. Verse 16, for if the first fruit is holy, watch this, the lump is holy. And if the root is holy, so are the branches holy. Now he's talking about roots and branches for a reason because he's going to bring us into a grafting in process. Verse 17. And if some of the branches be broken off and you, being a wild olive tree, are grafted in among them and with them you are partakers of the root and fatness of the olive tree, Watch this, Gentiles. Now he says, yeah. Verse 17, he says, yeah. You Gentiles, y'all being grafted in because Israel was broken off. But look at what he tells them in verse 18. Don't you get arrogant. Don't boast. He says, boast not against the branches, but if thy boast, thy boast not in the root, but the root of, but the root tree, the root thee. Verse 19, thou will say then, the branches was broken off that I might be grafted in. Now, don't that make you sound a little arrogant? <laughs> don't get arrogant, y'all. Because look at what he says in verse 20. Well, because of unbelief, they were broken off because they didn't accept Christ. There's some Jews that did not make the, the, the conversion to Christ. They still want to keep all the old Mosaic laws. <clears throat> and thou standest by faith but not high-minded, but what? Uh, but not high-minded, I'm in verse 20. Do not be hearted, but fear. Yeah, don't get arrogant about it. Okay, watch this. The church is the apple of God's eye. True or false? False. That's right. Yeah. Israel is the apple yeah. of God's eye. Israel is the, the bride of God. The church is the bride of Christ. Christ. You have to understand the difference. Amen. Israel is the uh, bride of God the Father. The church is the bride of the Son. Amen? Amen. Now, Don't be <clears throat> but fear. Verse 21. For if God spared not the natural branches, take heed or be careful, lest he also spare not you. 
Verse 22. Behold, therefore the goodness and severity of God. Uh-oh. All at one time. Are you checking that out? Mm -hmm. Goodness and severity. That's what we do when we, when we uh, discipline our children. We being severe, but it's out of love. Amen. Y'all with me? Amen. So he says in uh, the rest of verse 22, on them which fail severity. Who is he talking about? Who are the ones that fail? The branches that was you cut off. Israel, that's right. Severity. But toward thee, who's thee? The Gentiles. Goodness. If thou continue in his goodness, watch this, otherwise, what's going to happen to you? You will also be cut off. Sound like you got a part to play. You got to continue in the goodness of God, or you will be broke off just like unbelieving Israel was. You got to keep your faith in Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So verse 23. And they also, if they abide not still in unbelief, what's going to happen to Israel when they when they stop uh, being non-believers? They'll be grafted in. They're going to be grafted back in. Why? How are they going to be grafted back in? Because God is able to. Because God is able to graft them in again. This is God's stuff, y'all. He can do what he want to do. All right. Verse 24. For if thou were cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and were grafted contrary to nature into a good olive tree, how much more shall these, which be the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? In other words, at the end, and you see this, at the end in Revelation, we all gonna be together. I'm gonna say to the camera right now, Protestants, stop trying to make a difference out of the church in Israel because in the end, when you read Revelation, the Jews' name going to be at every gate and the apostles' name going to be written on the wall. Everybody going to be there together. Because there ain't no way in the world you can talk about a, a pre-tribulation rapture and then come back and tell, talk about the thousand-year millennial reign. Which one you want? You want the rapture or you're going to be in the thousand year millennial reign? Because you can't have both. If you're going to be raptured to heaven, the Bible will never say that you're coming from heaven out of rapture and spend a thousand years in the thousand year millennial reign. No, everybody that's in Christ is going to spend a thousand years millennial reign in the city of God together. Well, well you know, uh, the example is, is God took the people out of Sodom and Gomorrah and he gonna, that's how he's going to protect the church. He's going to take us out. Well, he left them in Egypt. So everybody got a scripture they can pull to try to talk about this, but God left them in Egypt and he protected them while they were there. They had to put the blood over the doorpost. So what that's showing is we can't just use that example about how God took the people out of Sodom and Gomorrah and that shows that and that's a good example about how the church is going to be raptured before the tribulation. I just don't see it. I just don't see it. Now somebody got to show it to me. And, and I, one thing about it now, if you show it to me in the scriptures, I'll accept it. Because I can show you what I'm talking about. Now that's one thing I like to pride myself. God has given me the ability. What I say out of my mouth, I can, I can show you in the Bible. Amen. 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 Let's get to this last part. This punch line in Romans chapter 11, verse 25. He says, for I don't want you to be ignorant, my brother.
words that you should uh, that a mystery lest you should be wise in your own conceit. See, we coming up with man-made stuff and we trying to supersede this man-made information or this man-made doctrine. We trying to supersede man-made stuff up, up above what God said. Amen. <laughs> wise in your own conceit that blindness in part has happened to Israel. Watch this only for a time. What type of word is the word until? What I teach you about that word. It's a time-sensitive word, meaning God is in charge. It's only going to happen for a certain amount of time. Now, he didn't give us the amount of time. He didn't even give us the number of people. He just said, until the fullness of the Gentiles have been saved. Meaning, they got a Gentile, they got a non-Jewish person out there in the world that's waiting for some evangelist to come and get them. And that's why evangelism is so important. Because it's really the true nature of the church. The true nature of the church is it's supposed to be out in the world seeking and saving. That's why that's the Great Commission. Amen. We're supposed to be out in the world seeking and saving that which is lost. But what we really wind up doing is we wind up standing in this building since trying to convince the people that's already supposed to be saved. We're spending so much time on those that's already supposed to be saved that we can't focus our attention on going to get those uh, who are not saved yet. Verse 26. So, all Israel shall be saved as it is written. There shall come out of Zion the deliverer, and he shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. Y'all understand? When he say all of Israel, yeah. he ain't talking about folk that was just born in Jerusalem. He ain't oh. talking about because your mom and your daddy is a is a Jew. Oh, what that. makes you Israel? Grafted in. And, and who's the provision? Jesus Christ. So when you accept Christ as your Savior, just as Jesus was a Jew, when you accept him as your Savior, you now have become a Jew or a Hebrew. Fair enough? Amen. Amen. All right, let's go back to Matthew. Amen. All right. Where we left off at four. So he says, again, he sent forth other servants, tell them to bid them to come. I'm not going to go ahead and read all that again, but we understand when we get in Revelation, uh, uh, I forget what chapter it is, but it's going to be talking about, I think it's chapter 18 or 19, it's going to be talking about the marriage that's going to take place in heaven. And he's talking about the marriage right now. Y'all see that in verse 4? Mm -hmm. See, there's going to be a marriage that's going to be going on. So, so let's go ahead and catch up. Uh, let's go ahead and catch up at verse. What we left off at verse fourteen. She read all the way to fourteen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Let's start at somebody stand and read verse fifteen. But one thing, real quick, when you look at these two parables that he did back to back, and you see how at first, when the uh, the owner of the vineyard, he didn't really go get no retribution for what happened to his servants. But now, when you get to this one, you see where. This king says, since you went out here and killed my people, I'm going to be ready to wipe out your, all your time. So it just kind of shows the two different, like me and you were talking earlier today, you know, about so many people, you know, God's just this good guy that he don't ever, you know, send out. <laughs> when God so, teach the people about God's retribution, his wrath, amen, 
Amen. The time, the time of like Revelation fourteen ten says, when he's coming and, and, and there's going to be those who have to drink the cup of his wrath and it's not going to be mixed with no grace and mercy. <clears throat> and that's how, like, even when he caught the one servant who just didn't have on the door. That's right. They put him out. They yeah. found him. <laughs> that's why I say you ain't going to sneak in. Yeah. He's coming to a wedding. You ain't even ready. You ain't even dressed. In the in the appropriate garments, I'm sure he was dressed, but he wasn't dressed in the appropriate garments. Amen, amen. All right, somebody uh, take off reading that fifteen from the Pharisee. Then the Pharisees went and plotted how they might entangle him in his talk, and they sent to him their disciple with the Herodians, saying, "Teacher, we know that you are true." and teach the way of God in truth. Nor do you care about anyone, for you do not regard the person of men. Tell us, therefore, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why do you test me, you hypocrites? <laughs> Show me the tax money. So they brought him a Daenerys. And he said to them, Whose image and inscription is this? And they said to him, Caesar. He then said, Render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. When they heard these words, they marveled, and they left him, and they went their way. Once again, he shocked them with his answer. But look, look at verse 15. It says, Then went the Pharisees and took counsel. Now, didn't we just read this? Where they tried to kill him right up here? Verse 21. 21. 21. Yeah, 21. What? What? I'll say, oh, 46. But when they start to lay hands, see? If you, listen, if you're doing this right, they ain't happy with you. I'm just encouraging you. You got to come out your comfort zone. And now be honest now. You, you be honest. You're in the sanctuary. It been some things being said about church and God and Christ and that, that you let it slide. Because I don't want to get into it. I don't want to hurt their feelings. Now's not the right time. You know, no, man. The devil is, the reason that it's imperative right now for us to stand up is because the devil is not playing. He's out and he's bold right now. Now, in our lifetime, we know when, when, when the devil worked in darkness, he tried to slide things in on you. Like, you, like, you know, he tried to sneak things not no more. <laughs> right now, the devil is like, I'm here, and what you gonna do about it? Because the church has been lulled to sleep. We sleep. This time. It is, if you running a calendar at your church and you're doing the same thing on the same day on the same year, every time, the devil know your schedule. All you gotta do is wait till you have your little powerful program and he come in the next night. And he tanned your church and your house up until the next program. Because why? He know your schedule because you did it for the last 20 years. You've been doing the same thing the same day every time. Amen. We'll go ahead and stop right there. Real quick, too, when you look at this and you, see, and you do some research on the Pharisees and the Herodians, mm -hmm. and you see what... I think I said this before. Jesus brought all these uh, sects together 
who would have They did not like each other. That's right. There's no way you would see a Pharisee talking with a Herodian. Or in the next one when we see the Sadducees, they didn't like each other. That's but right. their hatred for Yeshua brought together people <laughs> who hate each other. What is it, my, my friend? The enemy, the enemy, the enemy, clicked the enemy up, right? of your, that's right. The enemy of your enemy is my friend. And it clicked up on him, huh? And then real quick too, when I, I when I started reading Maccabees and I saw 